So my daughter just turned 13, and it's weird to even think that I have a teenager, but about 10 years ago, when she was three, uh, we didn't have a whole lot of money, and so we didn't have cable or Netflix or anything, so we had an antenna on our TV, and we would just get whatever we could get. And so I remember she would watch this thing called Cubo, and so that was on all the time. She'd watch all these cartoons and stuff. And because of that, every once in a while, an emergency broadcast would pop up. And so she's watching her cartoons, and then an emergency broadcast pops up about a fire that was threatening to consume some homes. And immediately she jumps up. She says, Mommy, I think she's folding laundry or something like that. We have to pray. And I thought that was pretty sweet. And so she goes on to pray. She goes, God, please protect those homes and make that fire go away. And then immediately she opens her eyes. She goes, oh, man, it didn't work. Now, it's cute to think because, you know, this little child is thinking, hey, prayer is going to work. And then she opens her eyes and oh, well, the fires are still going. Maybe she just wanted to watch her cartoons and wanted to get that out of the way. Or maybe she really cared about those homes. Who knows? But we can laugh at that. But oftentimes, we react in the same way. Tragedy comes, hardship comes, something is in our path, and we think, rightfully so, we have to pray. And then we'll pray, but that thing won't dissipate, that thing won't be out of our way, that tragedy will still be something that we need to deal with, and we'll think, naively, it didn't work, right? We need to be careful not to judge God's faithfulness by the prayers he answers yes to, but rather the fact that he would answer us at all. Why would he turn an ear to the creation? He is the creator. He is in heaven, as we're about to read right now. He is our father in heaven. He's above all things. All power belongs to him. He is great. He is holy. He is set apart. Yet, he turns an ear to us when we come to him, when we pray. So we need to shift our perspective on prayer a little bit. And Jesus does just that. As we come to Matthew chapter 6, as we're in our series, Kingdom Hearts, in the Sermon on the Mount, and it says this in verse 5, and when you pray, that's important, when you pray, it's not if you pray, or by chance, if you happen to pray, no, it's when you pray. So there's an expectation right here. God wants a relationship with you, and that relationship uh, has to be involving communication between the two of you. And so you can read your Bible, but you also need to pray. You need to seek his face. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, uh, they have received their reward. Verse 6. But when you pray, again, there it is. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father, who is in secret, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. Verse 7, and when you pray, this is the third time, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. So three times he says, when you pray. So it's emphasizing here, Jesus is emphasizing here, you're going to pray, you should be praying. But when you do, don't be like the hypocrites. So what does hypocrite mean? Well, hypocrite just means actor. Have you ever seen uh, an acting school or uh, some literature on acting? They have the two masks, the smiling mask and, and the upside down mask. That's called the hypocrite. Basically, hypocrite is the mask that you wear. You're an actor. And so he's saying, hey, don't put on a mask. Don't let prayer 
be uh, something that you're purveying that you are. Prayer should be something that you do uh, in private. Uh, there's a lot of different types of prayers, but, uh, you know, we've all experienced it in, in group prayer time. There's the boisterous prayer, you know, Lord, we just want to come to you today. I don't know why it's a gospel preacher. It just it's always like that. But there's the woman's ministry prayer, which I don't quite understand because I, I've heard my wife pray at home. But then I go to the women's ministry and it's always like really intense. It's always like, and for some reason, there's a lot of breathing. You know, so, Lord, we just, Abba, Daddy, Father, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't know really. Sure. That's the woman's ministry prayer. Uh, so I've just alienated half the people. Congratulations. There's the preacher prayer. There's the, the person who desires to be a preacher, but he's going to use this opportunity in group prayer to preach a message. So it's like, Lord, as uh, you say in your word, Matthew, uh, that wherever two or more are gathered in your name. Now, we know that the original intention of uh, him writing that in Matthew isn't that, you know, we invoke God by being together, but it's he's most uniquely represented when we come together and agree. You know, and so... You're praying, but it's like you're telling God what he already knows, and so you're really praying to the room. You're really preaching a message to the room to, you know, let you, let others know how pious you are. And then, uh, I've added a category. It's called the Brennan prayer. It's my, my son's prayer, because he always is very amusing when he prays, prays for things. He's very honest in his prayer, but, uh, one time he said, God, please make superheroes real. And I was like, Amen. I mean, Batman's real, so that's good. And then, uh, he once prayed, uh, God, please help me make a machine that makes money. And I'm like, amen, which is also another type of prayer. They, they don't actually pray. They just agree and encourage others that are praying around them. And, and sometimes they do it, you know, kind of empty. It's just kind of like, uh, amen, oh, yes, oh, yes, God, yeah, do it, do it again. It's the cheerleader prayer, basically. Um, and so uh, every once in a while I'll be praying, and there's the cheerleader prayer in the room, and I'm like, okay, but we, we're limited on time here, and we just need to get this prayer out. Uh, it's good to agree in prayer, but it's also good to know what you're agreeing to. Anyway, I bring all that up to say, don't be a hypocrite. Don't be the type that wants to draw attention to yourself and use prayer as a platform. I love what Pastor Bob says. It's a great quote. It's always stuck with me. The pulse of piety is taken at home. The pulse of piety is taken at home. The, the pulse of, uh, you know, being holy and set apart is taken at home. You know, you could put on that mask and be whatever you want in public. But who are you in private? How are you praying in private? And so that's why Jesus is emphasizing, emphasizing, hey, go home, pray in private, you know, pray long, pray hard, and uh, uh, let that be where the pulse of piety is taken. Verse 8, he goes on to say, Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And so I want to give you uh, three points here in the message as we're looking at prayer. This is uh, not a comprehensive look on everything that it uh, entails what prayer should be. This isn't a comprehensive look on uh, the roles of you know Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father, God the Father in prayer. But it is a comprehensive look as to what Jesus is telling his disciples, us, on how we should pray and how we should approach prayer. And so the approach to prayer is this. Number one, pray promises, not problems. Pray promises, not problems. You know, verse 8 again says, Do not be like them, the hypocrites, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So God already knows all of our needs. In fact, the scriptures say he supplies 
all of our needs. And oftentimes we'll look at Bible stories, especially Bible stories that involve prayer, mainly the prophets especially, and we'll look at those as an example of God's power, which those are examples of God's power. There is power in prayer. Uh, but we forget that it's also an example of God's faithfulness. Notice, remember I said earlier, be careful not to judge God's faithfulness by the prayers he answers yes to, but rather the fact that he's available to us. He would answer us at all. He doesn't need to. He, he decides to. In James 5, verses 16 through 18, you'll recall, we were just there not too long ago with Pastor Bob. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain in the land for three and a half years. In verse 18, again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. And you're like, well, great, that's cool. He prayed for rain. I'm, I'm going to pray for prosperity, and I know that I'll get it. But we've got to be careful. Maybe you're facing a problem, a drought, and you're like, I'm going to pray for rain. Don't pray the problem, pray the promise. Because if you go back to where that was taken out of in 1 Kings 18, 1 Kings 18 opens with this. After many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah that in the third year, he said, go show yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. So God's already told Elijah, he's already promised Elijah what's going to happen. And so later on, all he needs to do to see it fulfilled is pray the promise that God gave him. And so sometimes we'll come to a problem and we don't know what to pray. Sometimes we'll go to our prayer closet and we're at a loss for what to pray. Well, a good rule of thumb is to pray with your Bible open. If you always want to get a yes answer from God, pray what, he's always, what he has already promised you. Pray with your Bible open. But we have a template for prayer, and it starts in verse 9. Jesus says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We'll stop there. Point number two is this. WWJP. You know, there's that cheesy thing. WWJD. What would Jesus do? We had the bracelets in the 90s and all that stuff. Well, could also apply that to prayer. What would Jesus pray? Well, he gives it to us right here. Now, a lot of us will go out and it's not a bad thing to do. We'll go out and we'll, we'll pray pr- precisely what was written here in the scripture. We'll pray what we call the Lord's Prayer. And there's nothing wrong with that. But again, earlier, Jesus said, hey, just don't heap up empty words. If we're just praying uh, a memorized prayer without really internalize what it means and what's required of us through that prayer, then uh, we're breaking what Jesus told us not to do earlier. And so really what he's doing here, he's giving us a template for prayer. And so it's the perfect template. And so I'm going to break it down like this. They all start with D because, you know, I'm a preacher, so i got to make it all start with D. So number one is pray the deity. Pray the deity. Remind yourself who you're praying to. You're praying to God, the powerful one. Our Father, who art in heaven. He's above it all. 
He's in control of it all. He's in heaven. He's not pacing his throne. He's seated on his throne. And he is awesome. And he is hallowed. You know, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Set apart are you. You are above everything. And so, again, pray the deity. Number two, pray the dissension. We need to be praying and hoping and honestly seeking his kingdom to come. And so we need to be praying God to descend and, and bring the kingdom down. But also we need to pray the ascension of his will in our life. Hey, I need your will. Look, prayer is not pulling God your way. It's pulling yourself God's way. It's been said many times and it's a, it's a great, uh, it's a great illustration. You know, if you're in a boat and it's tied to a dock and then you pull on the rope and you get closer to the, to the dock, no one would ever think that you're pulling the dock to yourself. No, you're pulling the boat to the dock. And it's the same way. God is unmoved. We need to be the one who moves closer to him. And so your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then uh, number three is we need to pray daily. Notice it says, give us this day our daily bread. So we we need to recognize who God is, where God is, and then we need to desire us to be closer to who he is and where he is. And then we can make our requests. But something that's important here is that it says daily bread, not just give us what we want. No, no, no. Give us uh, our daily portion, which means we need to be going to him daily. We need to be in communion with him daily. Pastor Bob has mentioned it uh, before that there was a father who gave his children a yearly allowance. And he said, oh, I don't only see them once a year. And so instead, he gave them a daily allowance. And he says, now I see my kids every day. So it's the same kind of idea. We need to have daily bread. We need to be before the Lord, our Father in heaven, daily. Then, number four, pray your debts. Pray your debts. You need to confess your sins. You need to, you know, God already knows what you've done. So you're not giving him any news. But you're uh, coming before him humbly and saying, you know what, I've, I've done these wrong things. Uh, forgive me of these things, but also forgive uh, those who have sinned against you. You know, forgive me my sins, but also give me the capacity to forgive those who have sinned against me. We'll get a little bit deeper into that in just a moment. And then finally, pray for deliverance. You know, you can confess your sins, but you also need to pray that God will keep you uh, in, in the right mindset and heart set to be able to avoid sinning further. And so pray for deliverance, you know, deliver us from the evil one. So again, pray the deity, pray the dissension, pray daily, pray your debts, pray for deliverance. And then it closes out with verses 14 and 15. It says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So all this stuff that he's been saying, hey, you need to pray. He then, the only thing he follows up with is forgiveness, which I think is very interesting. And so point number three is this. Forgiven people should be forgiving people. We've heard this before, right? Forgiven people should be forgiving people. I love uh, the quote by Louis B. Smead. It says, to forgive is to set a prisoner free only to realize that you are the prisoner. Forgiven people should be forgiving people. Our prayers should set captives free. Not just ourselves, but 
should give us the wherewithal to forgive those who have sinned against us. Because we've been forgiven uh, by Jesus. We've had our debts paid, a debt that we owed that he didn't owe, but he paid it anyway. And so likewise, what's stopping us from forgiving others? You know, in Acts 16, we see the power of prayer setting people free. You know, Paul and Silas are in prison. And it says at midnight, when it's darkest, they sing hymns and then they, they say prayers to the Lord. And as they're praying, as they're worshiping, uh, the prison foundation is shaking and the chains of all the prisoners fall off. What if you forgiving that other person and having the power to do that through prayer leads to them being forgiven of the ultimate thing that they need to be forgiven of, and that is their sin, their separation from Christ. What if it's a a, a bridge for you to go and share the gospel with them and say, hey, I'm forgiving you, but I'm not doing it because I, I, I just desire to do it, but because I've been forgiven. And so, again, number one, hey, don't pray like a hypocrite. You know, don't wear a mask. Don't let prayer be your way to impress others. But, uh, you know, pray and, 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 and let it pull you closer to God. Pray the promises, not the problems. What would Jesus pray? Forgiven people should be forgiving people.